So today, um, I want to talk about an important issue. Um, I want to talk about healing some father wounds. And again, I, I'm sorry that the nature of a lot of what I'm sharing feels heavy because I'm hitting some hard stuff in our lives. I know I am. I keep going. I wanted, I'd love to just, you know, just, you know, do sunshine and kisses. But, but there's some stuff God has got to break out of us. I mean, stuff that has been with us since our childhood. And it is forming our identity. It is affecting our behaviors. It is wrecking us in some ways. And so today I want to talk about father wounds because if we're going to have a healthy relationship with our father, our heavenly father, we've got to get healing from the wounds that our earthly fathers have created. You know, often we have unresolved conflicts with our earthly father or a father figure, and it can hinder us from our relationship with God. You know, sometimes we, we struggle with the unconscious, um, hidden core pain that our father relationships created in our hearts, in our emotions. And that hidden core pain can result from things like our dad's um, spoken insults, broken promises, outright rejection, the demeaning looks that we got from dad, the disappointments that he shared with us about us, the, the grief he had, or the, even the abandonment. You know, it's these father issues that can influence our ability to fully trust being intimate with our Heavenly Father. And our image of Father God has become shaded by our image of our earthly fathers. And as a result, we end up transferring the feelings that we have about our earthly dads or whether they were in our life or not. We, we end up transferring that over to Father God. This is a problem. Now, as I move on, I want to remind us that I'm using a couple of resources to help this message along by Jack Frost, Experiencing the Father's Embrace, Sonship to Slavery. So when we think about, think back to last week's message, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to do a bunch of recapping. If you want to get caught up, I encourage you to go to our website and listen to the podcast. But last week, we were talking about the older brother in the prodigal son's story. And when we think back to last week's message on the older brother in the prodigal story, we can see that in some ways, this older brother in the story was probably he was probably further away from the father than the rebellious son was. Due to stuff like unforgiveness and anger, performance, whatever. And what ends up happening, what happened was that anger and that unforgiveness in the older son, it reveals that the son had some kind of father issues going on. Somehow, the unresolved issues within him had left him with some type of hidden, everyone say hidden. We don't always see this. It left him with some kind of hidden core pain. You know, most children have a desire for their fathers to meet their needs. Their needs for stuff like love and praise, acceptance. But a lot of times they feel like, instead of getting that stuff from my dad, I got rejection. Or maybe I got nothing at all. It just depends on the type of father that we had growing up. You know, there's different characteristics of fathering. And we can actually categorize these. You know, most fathers 
And, and I, I realize, even though there, there are certain categories we can talk about, most dads don't fit neatly into just one category. There's usually overlap. They're a blend of two or more. And what these characteristics do is they can build a very specific stronghold of thinking. It creates a stronghold of thinking in the heart of a child in such a way that it hinders him or her from receiving and experiencing Father God's love as an adult. Which is why most of us are looking like this. Yeah. And we don't know that we even have these strongholds in our thinking until we get bumped. Someone bumps into us. Something in, at home with the marriage bumps into us. Something at work. Maybe someone at church bumps into us. And then whatever hidden core pain we got, it usually comes spilling out. And I realize that we've probably done a lot of forgiveness. But you know, even when we forgive people, sometimes we don't get fully healed. I mean, we just canceled that debt. There's still a re- something left behind sometimes. We can forgive people and we can still have pain. Sometimes we have to press in for the healing to happen, to be fully healed of these father issues. Sometimes. It's not until God starts coming to us, he starts visiting us with his presence, that we begin to recognize that we've got something, oh, that's hurting. This hidden core, I didn't know that was there. Oh, I've stuffed it for so long and it hurts. When God starts to visit his people, buried deep inside of us for years. We don't even know it until that moment when when the Father's love starts pouring in. And usually that first encounter of God's love actually feels like agony. Oh! Hurts. Sometimes we feel the pain of the love before we feel the pleasure of it. And so how we see Father God determines whether we are able to receive love, security, rest, comfort, provision, healing. Very often it's based on how we see our earthly fathers. Because our natural dads, they become the lens that we see through when we look at Father God. It's the lens we look through when we see our leaders and our pastors. So here's some questions you can ask yourself to determine maybe if you've got some father issues. Did your father make promises he couldn't or didn't keep? Did your father make a protective environment for you where you felt at home and at rest? Was your father compassionate towards you when you failed? Did your father show affection and provide a safe place for you? Was your father gentle and kind towards your mom and your siblings? Did your father provide a special place in his heart for you where you knew that even if you failed, you wouldn't lose your place of affection? 
Did your father meet the financial needs of your family? Did your father spend quality time laughing and playing with you and nurturing you? Was your father always there when you needed him? You know, no, no matter how much your earthly father provided for your physical needs, if you did not feel safe, secure, and comforted by his affectionate love, then you will feel that Father God is far away from you. I'm going to say that again. No matter if your dad provided for your physical needs, if you did not feel safe, secure, and comforted by his affectionate love, then you will feel that Father God is far away. And it will lead you searching for a place of love. You will be searching for a place of comfort somewhere else. You know, one definition of father is someone who brings significance to his children. See, fathers provide safety, they provide protection, affirmation, they give identity, they give us purpose, they give us value, they give us self-worth. They give us something, a reason to live for. Which means fathers are so important to the lives of their children. Critical. Crucial. You know, a statistic, 95% of men in prison either had no father or if they had one, they hated him. Unresolved conflict concerning the father relationship in our lives usually results in some kind of violence. You know, how we think and feel about ourselves, it really does shape us. Proverbs 23, 7 says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if your father rejects you over and over again, you begin to build a stronghold of expectation that others are going to reject you as well. That's why we've got to do stuff like Ephesians 4.23 to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. We've got to change our thinking. So I want to talk about six types of fathers and the resulting strongholds built in us and in our hearts. So if you're going to take notes, start writing. You can always take a picture. The first type we're going to talk about is the good father. And you know, this is probably the most difficult father type to actually be set free from and healed. And here's why. Because this father provided for us a good and safe home. They provided a place in their heart for their children. Good things. Absolutely essential, important things. But sometimes what happens when we have a good father that is good, he shows love, he's affectionate towards us. When we have that kind of dad, we, those things that he did for us, they actually tend to cover over any weaknesses he actually had. So what happens is that we develop this loyalty to him. And it covers up these areas where we were hurt and we were wounded. Another result of having a good father is we tend to develop an unhealthy dependence on them. We look to, instead of 
because we have this unhealthy dependence on them, we end up retreating to them often. We, we look to, to them to rescue us rather than going to the Heavenly Father. You know, the psalmist, he puts it perfect, perfectly how we are supposed to respond to even our good dads. Psalm 45.10, he says, Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty since he is your Lord. Bow to him. There comes a time when you have to let go of your earthly father's house in order to fully move towards Father God. You know, a lot of times the greatest workers in the church or the greatest servants in the body of Christ, they came from homes with good fathers. But sometimes when we get a little beneath the surface and we start to look at motivations, we see that their service was more of a, an extension of their earthly father's house. And so it's usually when crisis comes that we find out where truly our security lies. Are we run into the Father in heaven? Or do we just keep wishing and hoping and moving and retreating to our natural dads? John 14 tells us where our true security is supposed to come. Says, I'm not, God says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's real security. So how can you tell, um, how can you know if you may still have an, a connection or an unhealthy soul tie to a good father that's actually hindering you from a deeper trust and intimacy with the heavenly father? Well, I want to share some symptoms that you might be experiencing. Do you struggle to feel truly at rest with Father God? And are you unable to practice His presence throughout the day? Are you a mature leader in the church but get so caught up in work that you do not see this as a subtle cover-up for a lack of intimacy and passion with the Father? Do you have areas in your relationship with God where you cannot fully trust Him to meet your needs for financial provision, healing, rest, comfort, forgiveness, compassion, affection? Was your loving earthly father able to meet that particular need? Or was there a time he disappointed you or let you down in that area? Do you still struggle with some type of fear? In that area, was your earthly father there for you when you struggled as a child? You know, 1 John 4.18 tells us there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So if you realize that maybe this is something you're experiencing... I want us to just pray a prayer together, a prayer of release. We're not dishonoring our dads. We're not saying that they weren't good and they didn't try hard and all of that good stuff, but we've got to disconnect so we can connect fully with the Heavenly Father. So I just want us to pray this prayer together, if you would. We'll just pray it together. Ready? Let's go. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for the blessing that my father has been in my life. I know I have to let go of him so that I can find my identity as your child. I place my father at the foot of the cross. I choose to forgive him for each way he misrepresented the heavenly father's love. I forgive him for the times he disappointed me or broke promises to me. I forgive him for the times he was too busy for me when I needed him most. I forgive him for the times he did not comfort me when I was hurting. 
I let go of my father being my source for security, comfort, and identity. I release those expectations at the foot of the cross. Father God, I now have nowhere to go but to you. I come home to you. I choose you to be my home, my father, my source of love, security, and comfort. Reveal to me your fatherhood over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Number two, Father, we're going to look at the performance-oriented father. Now, this father tie places very high standards on his children that are not tempered with large amounts of verbal affirmation. When the rules or boundaries are reinforced, um, they're usually reinforced with harsh looks, criticalness, and what that does is it creates a wound in our heart as a child. And so this father type often sees what you haven't done right rather than how much you have done right. And they also tend to use negative motivations more than they do positive motivations. And so what this does is it leaves a child with a sense of failure in his or her eyes. And if you feel like you fail more than you succeed... This is going to result in one of two things. One, you'll either lose all motivation towards success, and eventually you just quit trying. I'm not going to play. Not even going to try anymore. I don't care about what you care about. Or, or you will become like your dad. Always performance-oriented, driven, overachieving. I'm going to win, win, win at every cost. Cannot lose. I will lie to win. I will cheat to win. I will do whatever it takes to win because this is how I get love. And one of the great problems with this is that we struggle to find rest in God. And these high standards, they leave no room for failure and they create a wounded heart and they create these lies that that tells us that we're only loved and accepted if we do everything right. And this almost always carries over into our adult life. It even affects our Christian walk. It's telling us that we have to perform to be great, perfect little Christians. But very often, we end up turning into older brothers. Trying to obtain deeper measures of the Father's love and His blessings. I'm trying to get blessed by doing everything right. You know, in one of the number one places we find this are in Christian homes. Very often, our Christian homes are performance-oriented. And parents rarely realize how deeply this performance orientation is running in the family. And so the lie of performing for God's love and approval, it ends up driving the family to try to earn deeper levels of God's love. We're striving to get God to bless us and to love us enough. The truth is we can only come to God with the humility of a child. And what does a child have to offer? Nothing. They're not paying bills. They're creating them. <laughs> they didn't help with housework, Some, you know, depending on how small they are. They just, they just are. They just come to us. They're just like, I, I expect love. And we love them regardless. There's nothing we can do to cause God to love us any more than he does right now. Nothing. And there's nothing we can do to cause God to love us any less 
right now. And here's the problem is that spiritual maturity gets hindered when we try to perform. Because it's only unconditional love that actually grows us up. Unconditional love is hindered in a performance-oriented home. There's a statistic that says 80% of children who grow up to pastors end up in some kind of counseling for depression. And one of the root causes of depression is having been raised in a performance-oriented home. So what are some symptoms if maybe we're struggling with this? You may feel that God is only pleased enough to have a relationship with you when you are praying enough, reading your Bible enough, and doing all the right religious things. You may have developed an ungodly belief that performance is required for intimacy with God. Your motivation toward trying to enter into deep relationship with God may be because you feel that you always fall short of measuring up. You end up battling with self-imposed guilt and self-condemnation and feel that God is constantly accusing you and pronouncing you guilty. You may battle with the fear of failure and rejection or even the fear of man. You don't know how to be at home with God, to be still, to find contentment and rest in His love. Or your relationship with God may be based upon hyper-religious activity and spiritual ambitions, willing to strive to become more spiritual or to be included in the company of those who are honored or recognized for their spiritual maturity and gifting. When you read the Bible, you focus more on the scriptures that speak about truth and righteousness and judgment rather than the ones that speak about love and forgiveness and compassion and grace. You tend to be critical of others who are not as disciplined as you are performance orientation and your heart easily hardens towards others who do not think like you or perform up to your expectations anybody already struggling let's keep moving so the pain doesn't hurt too much too long so let's talk about the next one the passive father a passive father is not actively involved in your life. He often isn't home, even if he is home. He's usually a self-absorbed individual who did not or could not think about your needs. And more than likely, he never had his own needs met or even felt like a son himself. He's not able to rejoice when you rejoice. He cannot grieve when you grieve. You probably didn't experience intimacy with him because he was not even able to share his feelings or even have an interest in your feelings. And so this father, he may be living in num numville He's usually non-emotional, stoic, unable to weep, can't take time to play or laugh with us. He says the words, I love you, but it's difficult for us to believe it because of the lack of quality time, the lack of affection, the lack of affirmation, the, the lack of emotional intimacy between us. And so this father type is usually caught up in his own needs. He's probably a workaholic or maybe he was in the military. Maybe he's a pastor could even be an alcoholic. So what are some of the symptoms that you might be struggling with the stronghold of this dad in your life? You may struggle with intimacy and family relationships. You often appear to have relationships outside the home and work and with friends and people that share the same hobbies, but you usually don't have a very good relationship with the people in your own house such as your spouse and your own children. Sometimes you have difficulty believing God is actually involved in the everyday affairs of your life. He seems far off and impersonal to you. 
You know God loves you, but you may feel he's not looking to demonstrate his love to you personally in an intangible way. You may find difficulty in experiencing the tangible manifest presence of God during worship, ministry time, or even a personal time with him. This is because you've never learned to identify with the Father's affectionate love. You may have difficulty hearing the still small voice of the Holy Spirit as it comes with the spirit of conviction leading us to repentance. That's a good thing. But it's very dangerous when we don't hear that voice because even though we can't hear that voice of the Holy Spirit of conviction, we actually tend to hear loud and clear the voice of the accuser of the brethren. And so motivation towards character change, it doesn't come easy for those people. As you're not even aware of your need for healing and transformation. And so this person needs huge amounts of unconditional love, often through people showing them the love of the Father. Your relationship with God may be built upon form or duty and not upon an experience with His love. You often grow weary of trying to even maintain a Christian experience or walk with God. You may even find it much easier to relate to God's power than His intimacy and His love. Look at the next one. The absentee father. This father type was not there for you. He was not involved in your life because of either divorce or death or abandonment or just outright rejection. And this can have a tremendous, it can leave a tremendous amount of hidden core pain with us. And, you know, again, we may have forgiven him to the best of our ability, but inside we're still struggling with a great void of fatherlessness. Of which we are sometimes, again, not even aware. And it is the emptiness of feeling like a spiritual orphan. Never having a safe place, a protector, uh, someone you can go to for comfort, affection, security, affirmation. And so this person will spend a lot of time trying to find a safe place in the world. Again, sometimes in the arms of the wrong something. So what are some of the symptoms of this stronghold if it's working in our lives? Some people carry many of the same symptoms as those with passive fathers. They're non-emotional, stoic. They have great difficulties with intimacy. Life for this person may be very serious and intense. Their entire walk with God and people is often based on religious form and duty. You may have a fear of drawing close to God lest He abandons you. You may feel neglected by God, that He spends time with others but not with you. Sensing the loving presence of God becomes very difficult. You may lack the faith for God to provide for your needs and so you develop a life of independence. I can do it all on my own. Self-reliance, I don't need nobody. Which can lead to, again, aggressive striving and this sense of real inner loneliness. You may carry uh, hidden guilt and blame yourself for your father leaving. Hidden guilt can lead us to performing to earn love and acceptance in our relationship with God, but we always seem to fall short causing intense guilt to increase in our life. Or we may go to the opposite extreme and have no motivation towards God at all. And if your father died, oftentimes there's a hidden anger against your father for abandoning you. And it can be helpful to pray out loud to forgive him for leaving you when you needed him so much. There can also be hidden anger at God for not saving or protecting your father's life. 
Many times we're angry at God, but it should be directed towards the enemy. Why should it be directed at the enemy? John 10.10 tells us why. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let's look at the authoritarian father. The authoritarian father, this type of father is a legalist and there is very little love in the law. He values things like obedience over relationship. He majors on truth and the letter of the law but has little ability to express compassion or mercy or grace or tenderness or patience, love. In fact, he he actually may be tender and kind with people outside of the household, but very rigid and yielding with his own children. Doesn't let you allow, allow you to develop individuality, to think for yourself. He's not able to be interested in your desires. He's not interested in your goals, only his own. He's more comfortable with obedience and truth rather than intimacy and love. And again, it's not that he doesn't love you, but that he doesn't know how to express it. And there's very often very little emotional bonding happening. So what are some symptoms of this? Your image of God may be similar to that of your father, believing that God is harsh and impatient with you and that he is ready to judge every mistake you make. This can leave you with an unhealthy fear of God that hinders intimacy with him. You may live with such a fear of failure that you end up in self-denial and self-deception. You blame others for the things that go wrong Admit to, to admit fault means that you are broken and deserving of harsh treatment. You may build your relationship with God upon Christian disciplines and the law and duty, but lack substance in the areas of intimacy and loving relationships. You may read the Bible and focus on all of the verses concerning holiness and righteousness, but breeze right past the verses about grace and mercy, compassion, and forgiveness. You may be intolerant of other Christians who do not think like you, lacking grace for their weaknesses and faults. And sometimes you're witnessing teaching and preaching. It may be based more upon judgment than upon love and mercy and grace. Let's look at the last type. The abusive father. This father type inflicts deep emotional pain by means of one or more of the following. Physical abuse may come from harsh and unjust punishments or beatings. Emotional abuse may occur from harsh and fearful tones of voice, devaluing words, demeaning looks, or from failure to meet the basic emotional needs of a child for expressed love, security, praise, and purpose. Sexual abuse may occur from any kind of wrong touching on or around the genitals or from improper sexually explicit language. And this also happens when parents expose their children to pornography or encourage sexual exploration in their teenage dating relationships. That's abuse. You know, any kind of abuse from a father figure and some it, it creates some of the most deep wounds in us. But with sexual abuse, this is probably the worst. It destroys our trust in male authority. It destroys a healthy image of a loving God. 
And we're often left with large amounts of repressed anger because of the injustice that life has brought to us. You end up feeling inherently uh, a bad person. And deserve to be punished. And so consequently, we battle frequently with guilt and unworthiness and shame. And you find that you have no motivation towards the joy of living. Sometimes counseling alone is not even enough to bring the lasting freedom that is required here. Sometimes it requires a supernatural encounter with the Father's love. That will bring you ultimate freedom. Everyone say that. Ultimate freedom. Say it again. Ultimate freedom. Complete freedom from an abusive father. Jesus' blood and, and what he did, it didn't just save us from the easy stuff. It saved us from the worst stuff. It heals and delivers us from the very worst that life has to offer. And there are terrible, terrible things that happen to people. Terrible abuse, terrible sexual abuse that happens. The blood of Jesus and the love of the Father is more than enough to heal. So what are some of the symptoms? You may feel that getting close to God is very difficult because you fear being punished again. You've tried praying enough and reading enough and doing all the right things, but you are left feeling guilty because you can't find Him the way others have claimed to. You may feel that God is always angry with you and is looking for any reason he can find to make life hard on you. You may be angry with God for not protecting you from an abusive father, not realizing that Satan was the author of your childhood pain, not God. It is very difficult for you to believe that God even loves you. And the ungodly belief that you have developed is if God loved me, he would have given me a different dad. You may struggle continually with self-condemnation and a sense of shame, feeling too unclean to approach God. You may find it very difficult to relate in a healthy way to spiritual authority in the church. Because you reject fathering relationships, you feel fatherless within the church structures, and therefore spiritual growth comes very slowly for you. So what is required for healing to begin? It's forgiveness. Psalm 45 Again, it says, Hear, O daughter, and consider, incline your ear, forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him. See, we have to be willing to forgive our earthly father for each and every area in his life where he failed to represent the father's love to us. If we're not willing to forgive, then we're going to end up getting our identity from the pain and the disappointments of our earthly dad. We may have been innocent of the wounding that happened to us, the things that we experienced. We may be completely innocent of that. But we are 100% accountable for every area of our life that has not gone well as a result of our dishonor towards our fathers. You know, Ephesians tells us that we are to honor our father and mother because this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with us and that we may live long in the land. 
See, healing begins when we take personal responsibility and do not seek to blame others for all of our issues. You know, a lot of us feel wounded because we feel that our fathers never blessed us. Well, listen, Father God wants to impart a blessing. He wants to impart a blessing, even as he blessed his only begotten son, Jesus. Remember when Jesus was baptized at the River Jordan, and the Father says, You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. He hadn't done any ministry yet. Hadn't raised anyone from the dead, healed any blind people, deaf, paralyzed, nothing. Father's like, I'm fully, I'm fully pleased with you. The Father wants to affirm us for being His children. He wants to affirm us. John 3, 1. What kind, see what kind of love the Father has given us? That we should be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. You see, when we release our earthly fathers and begin to come to Father God as a little child in need of the Father's love, we begin to receive an increasing revelation of the Father. That's what's happening here. And it's this increasing revelation of the Father's love that it is more powerful than any father issue we've carried in this whole life. Because God will not ignore our cry for a father. No longer do we have to surrender ourselves to the wounds that occurred within our natural father relationships. Because Father God is saying, come home. Come home. Psalm 27 For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Psalm 68, the father of the fatherless and a protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. John 14, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 23, and Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. 1627, for the father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. The Father loves us. So here's what we're going to do. Next Sunday, we are going to have a healing service for these Father wounds. We are going to do our worship do a little bit of a talk, and then we're going to just take the whole rest of the teaching time to deal with these issues. We're going to have the emotional healing teams up. We're going to go to them, and we're going to pray prayers of forgiveness and healing. After that, if you want a Father's blessing, Eric and I will be standing up here to pray for anyone who wants a blessing from a father. And then if you're done with that, then we're going to have the prophetic team and they're going to speak words of identity and blessing over you. They're going to confer to you what the Father thinks and feels about you. And so in your your bulletin this morning, there's a handout. And that handout walks you through some steps that if you want to get a head start to next Sunday that this week you can work through those steps. They're not super difficult. They're not hard to understand. 
But if you want to start working through some of that stuff this week to prepare for next Sunday, I encourage you to start to do that. But next Sunday, we're going to break some serious stuff off of our lives. I guarantee every one of you had one of these dads. Every one of you had at least one. I mean, I threw the good dad in there. You could be like, my dad was perfect. Number one. You still got to get freedom. But most of us probably didn't have that. So please come next Sunday ready to, to deal with this issue, to pray, for, to forgive our dads, to pray for healing, and to receive what God has for us next Sunday. Also this week, as part of our action plan, I want you to just go through and ask these questions of yourself. Were you able to identify which father type or types your father fit into? Which ones? What characteristics of the father types did they exhibit? You need to think about this because these are the things you need to repent and, and, and forgive your father for. And then what types of strongholds have been working in you based on the type of father you had? And then, of course, as I said, prepare, pray and prepare your heart for the healing service next Sunday. And go through that handout. Now, if you're here today and you get really stirred up and you're really hurting and something's happening and you just need prayer, we're going to have the altar team up here because we don't want to just say, all right, life stinks and bye. <laughs> if you're hurting and you're really struggling today, we're going to have the altar team come up and they can pray over you, pray with you. But otherwise, next Sunday, we are going to have a healing service. We're going to break these issues from our lives. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We give you praise, Lord, that you're uncovering, God, the wounds and the hurtful places in us so that we can be healed. You're like a, a doctor whose who's intent is not to make us feel worse by saying, yeah, you broke your arm. It's to let us know that you need to take care of the arm. The doctor doesn't come in and to say, yeah, you've, you've got this or that because I, you know, I hope you feel bad. It's to bring healing. And so, Father, we thank you that you are revealing these things so that healing can happen to those, hor- those hidden core issues in our lives. And so, Father, I pray today that we would go into your presence even deeper. That, Father, we would go to you deeper this week. That we would find you as a safe place, our protector, a place of warmth and of affectionate intimacy, God. Help us, Lord Jesus, as we read through the book of John this week and as we come and we have a new memory verse this week, God. Help us to store the word of God deep into our hearts. And Father, I pray for us today that we would leave this place, God, with a vision that says God is doing something in my life. And he's healing me. And so, Father, we just seal this time today. We thank you, God, and we love you. We pray for comfort and peace to surround us, Lord. In whatever way we're hurting, God, comfort us today. In the name of Jesus. Amen.